Parker again, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Brother Ken. Uh, I like right hanging around with Ken now because he can't, he can't always make it everywhere. He's got other places to be. So right before Thanksgiving, I got to uh, speak at, at, at Reunion and uh, Reunion Court. And since it was Thanksgiving, we talked about Thanksgiving, which is pretty easy because when you think about Thanksgiving, it's all about gratitude for the providence, protection, and blessings of God. That's why it got started. That's why we do it, and if we do it right, that's how we spend our day. And uh, then, <clears throat> uh, a couple weeks ago, I was here talking about Christmas. The three questions you're going to ask, ask at Christmas, are you ready? Did you get what, he, what you wanted? And then the really important question, did you get what he wanted? Did you receive Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us? And if you hadn't, tonight would be a good night to do that. Uh, so here we come to New Year's, and I've been praying about this and, and, and really kind of having trouble because <clears throat> my text was Luke 11, 1 through 4, which some of you will probably recognize right off the bat as the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer. So that, that's the central text tonight, and, uh, I was really troubled, had to do a lot of praying, a lot of thinking, and, and wondering, Lord, how do I get from there to New Year's? Uh, all over the world in a few days from now, people all over the world are going to be celebrating New Year's, are going to observe New Year's, right? And it's really, really probably... Fairly safe to say, I mean, you may disagree, but most of the people who are going to be celebrating this New Year's Day, unlike Thanksgiving, unlike Christmas, or maybe unlike Easter, our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ will be the furthest thing from their mind. They'll not seek to recognize or honor God. No thought will be given to the Holy One in relation to the festivities that they're about to commence what popular culture what we call the world will be promoting this new year's eve is not meant to encourage holiness and a lot of it is to celebrate and applaud the debasing of adam and eve's great-grandchildren and that's all of us sitting in here and all of them sitting out there so I could, and I'd really like to because my natural inclination is to be an old grouch. I could spend a lot of time railing against what we're getting ready to see, what we're getting ready to hear, and uh, talk about this pitiful vanity that the world calls New Year's Day. That would be so easy to talk about the lost, the spiritually impoverished. But one thing that we need to be careful to do as we do this, as we have those feelings maybe, is that it's so easy as Christians, boy, here's a good trap, it's so easy for us to look down. It's so easy for us to look out. It's so easy for us to say, hey, we're not like them. 
I'm going to stay home and hide under the sofa and be holier. We're going to be in our living room and be holy. Thank you, God, that I'm not one of those people out there doing those things, singing those songs. And we're looking down at folks who are in bondage and servitude to the world, and we often have an air of two words that don't belong together. Christian conceit. And we see it all around. Those words don't belong together. Amen. Two men went up to the temple to pray. The one was a Pharisee, the other publican. And the Pharisee stood and, and prayed thus with himself to God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this publican. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off, he couldn't even look up. He couldn't lift his head. He beat upon his breast, smote upon his breast, and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Oh, we need to be reminded, I need to be reminded, when I see some of the things going on TV, when I hear some of the things happening in my neighborhood, when I've heard some of the stories from all these New Year's celebrations past, <clears throat> when we look out on those people, they are not the enemy. They're not against us. They might not know to be for us, but they're not against us. We wrestle against what? Not flesh and blood but against principalities, power, and against rules of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Christians, it's so easy to look out there and see what's going on and say, glad that isn't me. Those people that we see out there, they're enslaved to sin. Can I say that they're loud? Can I say that they're drunken? Can I say that they're carousing? Can I say that they're up to no good? I can say that, yeah. But church, listen up. Those are not our enemies. That is our mission field. Amen. That's our mission field. So, really, got to thinking about this. Why do I be the holiday preacher? Why have you put the Lord's Prayer on my heart? What's going on here? And... The Lord has kind of revealed to me a few things, some of them about myself and then some about us. But I'm going to say they're about us so that I don't sound so bad. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but be wise. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. So why do we even talk about New Year's Day? Well, let me tell you what, you're going to observe it one way or another. I guarantee you, New Year's Day is not going to be like any other day of the year for most people. Now, you may be like some of us and kind of hide in the house. You might hide under the sofa, but you're changing the way you live and you're changing the way you act because it's New Year's Day. Some people are going to go out there and have all kind of carrying on and going on. But we're going to observe it one way or another if you think about it. Can't get away from it. You know, we actually have two observances, and only two that were commanded. 
right? The Lord's Supper and believer's baptism by immersion. That's what the Bible tells us as Christians that we are to observe. There's a lot of other things we're to do, but two observances. The important thing is that neither of these observances add to your salvation, and neither is bound to a specific date. I have it on good authority that baptism won't save you. We're following after Christ. I have it on good authority that our church attendance won't save us. We're following after Christ. There's nothing that we do to add to our salvation. I have it on good authority because Jesus said, it is finished. So for the Christian who has trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, pray to him, my sins be forgiven. You know, I've heard so many, so many words and so many different ways to say the sinner's prayer. Hey, if you've got enough in you to lower your head, smite your breast, and say, God, help me, I'm a sinner, Jesus will answer that prayer. And Jesus has done all the work, all the sacrifice, all the blood, all the horror that ever needs to happen to pay for your sin, my sin, the sins of the world that happened on Calvary that day. So redeeming the time. Can we even redeem something? Can we redeem something like what we call New Year's Day? Can it be redeemed? You know, sometimes there's some really straightforward commandments. You must be born again. Right? If you want to see heaven, you must be born again. It was not my idea. It was not our church's idea. It was our master's knowledge, our master's command. If you want to have eternal life, you must be born again. You must trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, I know a lot of people don't like absolutes we live in a in a society that doesn't like absolutes but i cannot if i said it i'd apologize because i want to hurt your feelings but the lord jesus christ has said it and we need to receive that message clearly we need to preach that message and teach that message and hold on to that message that there's salvation under no other name other than jesus christ you must be born again so there's some parts of the bible where we could get some guidance that may not be absolutely clear and straightforward but maybe biblical so and y'all are wondering when's he going to get to the lord's prayer i'm going to get there so let's talk about holidays i'll bring to your recollection there's no such thing actually as a holiday holiday is a short-term device so that people don't have to say holy days But that's exactly what the original meaning is. And if we look in the Old Testament, there were some holy days. We call them feasts. But there were holy days that God commanded that was part of being a Hebrew. And if we look at each one of them, there are nine of them. There's Passover. The description of Passover. It commemorates God's deliverance of Israel out of Egypt. That's when he dealt with the stubbornness of a Pharaoh. 
And he said, hey, put the, put the blood on the lintels of your doorway. I'm sending the angel of death. And where he finds that blood on the doorway, he's passing over. He's going to pass over your house. That's what Passover means. And so the firstborn in all of Egypt from all the animals, the firstborn of Egypt from all the people, the firstborn of Egypt from anything that lives, died that night except for those that had the blood on the lintels of their door. We call that Passover. And Passover commemorates that deliverance. There's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It also commemorates God's deliverance of Israel out of Egypt. You know, when God said, get up and go, he meant now. Anybody in here bake bread? You don't leaven bread now. You leaven bread when it's, some of y'all are pretty good at it. A guy like me, he, he leavens bread if it'll leaven, if it's, you know, and when it's ready to rise. But you don't do it now. And the children of Israel were going to leave too fast. They were going to leave too far. They were going to have too much to do. Don't worry about leavening the bread. Come on. And so now the Feast of Unleavened Bread that marks God's deliverance. You know, when God's ready to do something, it happens. First fruits, acknowledging the fertility of the land that God gave the Israelites. Pentecost commemorates the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. Sinai and it includes a day of, of, of first fruits for the wheat harvest. Trumpets, now guess what this is? This is kind of getting, trumpets is a day of blowing trumpets to signal the beginning of the civil new year. So they did have New Year's activities going on at that time. Day of Atonement, we all know what that is. That happened once a year. The high priest would go into the Holy of Holies before uh, the Ark of the Covenant and God's presence would rest upon the Ark of the Covenant, upon that golden slab. And the high priest would make sacrifice for the sins of the people of Israel. It, was, it marked the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Booths. Getting back to the children of Israel, going through the desert. They lived in tents, didn't live in houses. And the Feast of Booths lasts for seven days. It commemorates the 40 years that they basically lived in tents following the Lord. Then there's the dedication festival. We, we know it is Hanukkah, but it's a dedication festival. And it's mentioned in John 10, 22 as the Feast of Dedication. And that is when uh, Judas Maccabees purified the temple that had been messed up. And then there's Purim, established by Mordecai, commemorates the deliverance of the Jewish people. Steve, why don't you go through all this? Well, number one, I like list. Number two, I'm hoping you're picking up on some words there. The word commemorate. So I'm going to give you all some redneck grammar. Y'all ready? When I remember something and celebrate it because God has been good to me, I am memorating. When, uh, I got a language arts teacher back there, shooting daggers. When we all do it together, we're commemorating. Okay? But the words, listen to the words in all these descriptions of what's going on during these feasts. Keyword, commemorate. Keyword, acknowledge. Keyword, atonement with God. For all the generations to remember the Lord their God. These celebrations were so important because it acknowledged the Holy One of Israel. They remembered God's deliverance out of Egyptian bondage. 
just like we should remember our deliverance out of slavery to sin to freedom and everlasting life through Christ Jesus. The promised land from sin and the grave. They commemorate God's provision. They remember God's blessing and his providence through the generations. When we observe and if we can observe these things and if we redeem these things, we're saying to our children and our children's children, never forget who our father has been, who our father is, and who our father will always be. Never forget his love, never forget his protection, and goodness sake, kids, never forget his salvation, and never forget the gift of Jesus Christ. So if we look at what was going on in the Old Testament, you know, now we live under the covenant of grace. We don't have all these regulations. But if we look what the intention was to memorialize, to remember, and to teach to our children, then I'm suggesting there is a way that we can redeem the time and that we can redeem New Year's. So top 10 New Year's resolutions, another one on my list. Y'all ready? Number one New Year's resolution. Exercise more. Number two, lose weight. Number three, get organized. Number four, learn a new skill or hobby. Number five, live life to the fullest. I don't, I don't know what that means really, but. <laughs> Number six, save more money or spend less money. Number seven, quit smoking. If you do, you oughta. Number eight, spend more time with family and friends. Number nine, travel more. Number 10, read more. None of those is necessarily a bad thing. But there's two things that, that, that I would bring to your attention. Every one of those New Year's resolution says, me, 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 I, I, I. Better me, better I. If I can just do these things, I will be, quote, unquote, living my best life. And I learned that online. Living my best life. But these ten things, let me, let's, let's kind of contrast that because... This is how your friends, this is how your neighbors, and sadly, this is how our relatives are going. They're resolved that they're going to do these things. They're going into the new year thinking, this is how I'm going to live my best life. Look what's missing. I just picked out a few things that might be missing that should be on that list. This list is defined by the absence of prayer, was never mentioned. Worship was never mentioned. Evangelism was never mentioned. Giving was never mentioned. Charity was never mentioned. Ten, ten, uh, teaching was never mentioned. Sunday school was never mentioned. Choir, youth, all those things. You take everybody in America and you make a list of what the top ten are and none of them have anything to do with what the Father has given us through the Son, Jesus Christ. Where's our head at? A couple of activities that we can See in the world. The world, way the world celebrates is a couple of things that may be good models. First of all, they always have the world year in review, right? If you're watching any news, if you're reading any newspaper, you're getting anything online, you're already seeing the top news story of 2023. Celebrities we have lost in 2023. Top books, songs, recordings of 2023. Politics, winners and losers of 2023. These things happening right now. You'll see them right now. And then one question they said is, how did we do on last year's resolutions? 
My question would be, did you even remember any of them? And, you know, businesses. So, uh, you know, we have businessmen in here. Uh, businessmen are looking back and they're saying, okay, how did our performance compare with our expectations? What went right? What went wrong? What lessons were learned? Wins, losses, whys? And then after that year in review, then the world looks ahead. Businesses talk about financial performance and plans for 2024 and how they're going to allocate their, their money and what they're hoping to achieve. Educators, plans for the remaining school year. You might be talking about individual students or classroom or a cohort of students. How are we going to get them where they need to be and what's that going to look like by the time end of May, June rolls around here. And then here, even in the house, ministry leaders, submit your budgets. Plans for ministry expenses to Brother Glenn. Where's Brother Glenn? So we look ahead, we plan. And so this offers, offers the world and can offer us a chance to review and set priorities, to commemorate, renew, and reset these priorities. And so right now, everybody you talk to has got this thing in their head, plans, 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 plans. But we're God's people. There's another P word that needs to come before the plans. Seek you the Lord in his strength and seek his face continually. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Men ought to always pray and not faint. Praying always with prayer and supplication. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. I, we don't have the time to, to actually go through every instance where the Bible tells us we need to be praying. And we need to be praying first before we do anything. And so we're finally going to get to the Lord's Prayer in here. Because all of our planning and all of our living and all of our eating and all of our sleeping and all of our waking needs to be preceded by one thing, and that's prayer. Yet many people, including Christian people, will just give scant attention to prayer. And it's not that they don't want to. It's not that they, in many cases, the, the reasons given are time. My schedule just doesn't allow me to spend the time in prayer. Some folks just say, well, I'm not really familiar with praying. I don't know how it works or if it works. They say, I don't know how. And some may not be certain about what they should be praying about. You ever get together with, with a group of people to go pray and you look at one another and you say, what are we going to pray about? But you know, there's something wonderful about God's word. If you need to know something about salvation, if you need to know something about the Father, you need to know something about the Son, you need to know something about the Holy Spirit, you need to know some truth and you need some help and some direction, you don't, have a, you don't need a prophet. You've got God's word. Amen. It's in here and you can find it. And that's where we come to the Lord's Prayer. And it came to pass, I'm looking at Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Nothing wrong with asking for some help. Even people who had been following Christ. Wanted to know how you do this pray thing. 
And Jesus said, when you pray, say this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Is that the first time anybody's heard that? That's probably one of the most familiar. You know, when I was a kid, if you, if you snuck out of bed at late at night and watched the TV sign off, you would, that would be the last thing on TV. People who aren't Christian know this prayer. People who never go to church know this prayer. It's one of the most popular prayers that you'll hear. There's some call it the Lord's Prayer. And then some fussy people call it the model prayer. And they say the Lord Prayer. I shouldn't say fussy. Some people will say, you know, here I am telling on myself again. Some people will say this should be called the model prayer because it provides, they always use, uh, they always, y'all have heard of Acts before? Because you see in this prayer adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, and they're saying that ought to be wrapped up into our prayers. Fair enough. Model prayer. Some call it the Lord's Prayer, but they say, no, the Lord's Prayer is in John 17 in the Garden of Gethsemane. So we can always find something to argue about, you know. Adoration, praise God for who he is. You know, sometimes you look at somebody and you know you need to say something nice and you have to work to find something to say something nice. We adore God. We can participate in adoration of God. We don't have to look for something. God is worthy of our adoration. Amen. Confession. Confess your sins and be forgiven. You know, I've, I've, I've told y'all before, I grew up with the wrong idea of this. Y'all ever watch those black and white movies where the police detective has a criminal and they're in an the office and he's got the hot light shining on him and he's beating questions into him and beating questions into him and yelling and finally the guy dramatically confesses? That's not what it is. How many of y'all think God needs you to tell him what you did wrong? God doesn't need us to tell him that we've sinned. He needs us to confess, to say the same thing about our sin that he says about our sin. That's called confession. And that takes prayer. And that takes the Holy Spirit. And that says, God, I have mightily offended thee. Please forgive me. God, what I did was wrong. God, what I did distracted from your glory. God, what I did took advantage and, and carelessness with your grace. God, what I did hurt another person. God, what I did may have bring reproach upon the name of my Savior. When we see it like God and say it like God, that can only happen in prayer. But that's what confession is. To say the same thing about our sin that God would. Amen. So... It's not only the Lord's Prayer, not only the model prayer, but I finally, and, and I struggled over this, I finally understood why this was a New Year's prayer. Because it's not a model prayer. It's not the Lord's Prayer. Read carefully, and what you can find is marching orders. It's marching orders, folks. It's not a prayer that you say and then you walk up, feel better about yourself. 
It is marching orders. And so I want to look very quickly here, a couple of aspects of this. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I like to be friendly with my kids and my grandkids. But every once in a while, dad or grandpa's got to remind them who they're talking to. I like to joke around with Pam a lot, kid around with Pam a lot. But every once in a while, she gives me that side eye to remind me who I'm talking to. (laughs) When we go to the Lord in prayer, it is vitally important to remember who we're talking to. Who are we talking to? Our Father, which art in heaven. We have a relationship. We have a direct relationship. Listen, folks, once you're adopted and you're placed in the family by Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, there's a direct line to God. Just like, you know, as long as our fathers live, we look up, there's a direct line to our daddy. It's a direct line. It's a relationship line. And it's a love line. And sometimes it's a discipline line. But it's always done redemptively because it's a redemptive line. He's our creator. It is so hard sometimes. I've, I've, I've tried to do a lot of reading on this, and I've never read anything that I thought satisfactorily with, with the words of people describe God. He's our creator. He's our father. He's our ruler. And he said, our father, which art in heaven. You know, that they had a view of, of the created order. And heaven was high above and all around. And then there was earth. And below earth, there was Sheol, place of the dead. And when he says, our father who art in heaven, he's making it very clear. Father, I recognize that you are the authority. Father, I recognize there is none above you. Father, I recognize that you have all power. You have all might. Father, I recognize your will is law. It's superior to anything that we can experience. Hallowed be thy name. He's holy. Do you ever struggle with holy? I struggle with it every single day. How do you describe holy? I could give you a technical Scripture right now. Holy. It hallowed means holy. Holy is sanctified. It means set apart, reserved for a specific purpose. Okay? So when we become sanctified, we become holy. When we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live with us, starts dealing with our lives, and God sanctifies us through the blood of Christ. Our salvation, yes, occurs, but it's also we're being set apart for a purpose. God's purpose. Holy. God is holy in himself. I'm only holy as as much as my relationship with Jesus is there and as I follow the leanings of the Holy Spirit. And I'm considered sanctified by God through grace. God within himself is holy. Hallowed be thy name. What's in a name? Well, you're holy. Your name is holy. Back up a little bit. What is God's name? 
Do you know God really isn't a name? It's a name because we use it as one. But God describes this being. What is God's name? And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, God, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Now, this is very interesting if you study it in the Hebrew. We sometimes say that the Hebrew word behind this, I am that I am, is the name Yahweh. Now, that's pretty interesting. It's interesting on two things. First, we know it was basically the Hebrew equivalent of YHWH. We know that. That's what's written. But they just wrote in consonants at that time. They didn't have any vowels. And only later on did they develop diacritical marks that would tell you what vowels, what sounds were supposed to be in there. And the name of God after this point was considered, here's that word again, so holy they didn't speak it aloud. In fact, if you look at an Orthodox Hebrew Bible, their Old Testament, anywhere you go in where it should say Yahweh, or in some cases Jehovah, they'll have the word Heshem there, which just means the name. The name. For to them, the name of God was so holy. But the the grammar behind it is what they call a Hebrew tetragrammon. And what is it? The YHWH. That is the I am that I am. Only God can say I am. Now you might be saying, well, no, I, I am. I'm a mother. I'm a father. I'm uncle. I'm a cousin. I'm a guitar player. You have to say I am with condition. You don't exist. I'm not here except my mom and daddy decide they need a, a boy. Here I am. But I exist predicated on that. But if we go all the way back, our Father in heaven is the only thing that exists without predication and qualification. Everything exists through and because of our Father. We need to remember who we're talking to. And then, the second part of that. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Remember, in prayer, we're agreeing with God. We're trying to get to the point where we're saying the same thing as God. And so when we pray this, and people pray it from memory, and people pray it fast, and people just pray it, and we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. I want to throw up my hands and say, stop, what? Do you really want that? Really? Is that the desire of your heart? Is that the desire of your soul? Is that your, that your urging? The commandments, thou shalt love the, 
the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And the first, this is the first and great commandment. And the second one is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these commandments, all the prophets. On these commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. You know, I'm not accusing anybody of not wanting that. Don't get me wrong. But you know what? If you listen to me talk, you might figure out I'm from Texas. I talk like a Texan. And if I don't watch it, I really talk like a Texan. And my springs become springs. We need to really ask ourselves when we pray that prayer. And yes, we should want that. But, you know, what we're really saying is, Father, I, I want to be a citizen of the kingdom. Father, I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And you know, if you're living in Russia, a citizen acts a certain way. And if you're living in Texas, a citizen acts a certain way. And if you're living in New York, a citizen acts a certain way. And people pay attention. They can tell where you're from. They can tell your citizenship. And this is where we have to ask that question. When the stranger hears me, when the stranger sees me, when the stranger follows me, do they see a citizenship that is of the kingdom of God or they just see somebody else? Amen. Do they see somebody like them? When we look towards a New Year celebration, do we celebrate as a kingdom of, the citizen, of, of God, a citizen of the kingdom of God, the most high God? Or do we do it like everybody else? And so... I need to bring this to a close. You know, there's so many pages of notes. Uh, how do we get to New Year's? And how do we get to this kingdom? You know, we can take an opportunity to use this time and be resolved. Be resolved. So here's my last list. I love lists. I know y'all don't. I love them. Here's a partial list to redeem the time on New Year's Day. How do we make it ours? How do we make it right? It doesn't do any good to hang under the sofa, and we don't need to be throwing out the baby with the bathwater. This thing is messed up. Houston, we got a problem, but Christians, we can fix it. We need to be resolved to repent. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You remember that kingdom we just said we wanted? We need to repent. We need to be resolved to humility. Whosoever shall therefore humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We can't be looking down on people. We can't be looking down on situations. We can't be prideful. We need to be resolved to a growing faith. And by the way, all these scriptures basically are descriptions of the kingdom of heaven that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us. We need to be resolved to growing faith. Another parable he put forth saying the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds but when it is grown is, amongst, is the greatest amongst herbs and becometh a tree so that even the birds of the air come and lodge in that. Is your faith that mustard seed a growing faith? It's like leaven, which a woman took. Again, is it a growing faith? Resolve to be all in for the good news. To be all in for the good news. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, which the man hath found, he hideth, and for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has, that he buyeth that field. 
You want the kingdom of heaven? You, we need to ask ourselves as a church and as individuals, what are we holding back that we could be given to promote the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ? When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we've got to ask ourselves that question. Be resolved to prepare for persecution. We don't like that. I don't like persecution. Nobody wants persecution. We pray we can avoid persecution. But blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Persecution's out there. I hope you don't experience it. But has your prayer life. Your singing songs life. Your Bible study got you prepared. To meet it when it comes. Be resolved to pray for Christ's return. And prepared for Christ's return. Jesus told us what? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I go to, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know the way. Amen. Resolve to teach. Amen. Whosoever... Therefore shall break one of these least commandments, shall teach man so, then he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And be resolved to reach. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. Is your prayer life, is your family life, is your work life, is your life a life led by God, and are you sowing good seed? Are you sowing it all? So, a lot of information out there, put out there, but it's really the application is very simple. Our neighbor is going to be closing out this year. Two things are going to happen after that ball drops or before that ball drops. There's going to be New Year's resolutions where they're trying to live the best version of their life. And they'll sing O Lang Syne. We need to close 2023 a different way. This New Year's, we need to reclaim and redeem that holiday, and we need to have prayers of thanksgiving and supplication to our Almighty God. That's the way we redeem it. And then another way is not a New Year's resolution, but to be resolved. And it's a really simple application. You can look if you want, but we've been here a long time. Hymn number 378. I am resolved. No. Longer to linger. Charmed by the world's delights. Things that are higher. Things that are nobler. These have lured my sight. I will hasten to him. Hasten so glad and free. Jesus. Greatest, highest, I will come to thee. If we want to be the citizen of the kingdom, we know what we need to do. If we want to redeem this holiday, only citizens of the kingdom can redeem this holiday. And it's just nothing really, really, really complicated. Just be resolved. No longer to linger. Be resolved to hasten to him. I'm running a little bit longer than I wanted to, and I appreciate your patience. God has purpose for us in the holidays, even New Year's.
Well, I didn't even look at the time. I didn't know what it was. I was enjoying the Word of God and really appreciate Brother Steve tonight and to bring the Word. And, you know, every time I hear redeeming the time, it makes me stop and think about how we're supposed to make the most out of every opportunity and and kind of tying a few things he said in there, make the most out of every opportunity with this world, with this sinful world. They're, you know what they're doing? They're acting natural is what they're doing. And they need to be made supernatural, which that's only happened to us by grace. And, and to factor in prayer to do that. Our Christian lives are never going to be what they're supposed to be without prayer. Prayer first. I'm not trying to re-preach anything here. I'm just wanting to convey for a minute what was moved in me through the message tonight. And I appreciate it so much, Brother Steve. And so God bless you all as you go home to enjoy the rest of these days. And we will meet on the last day of the year. And Lord willing... There will be two baptisms this Sunday. What a beautiful day to end the year. And again, just reiterating what Ethan was saying the other night about being overwhelmed with the year that God gave us. So many souls saved. So much peace and harmony and unity and God just doing so many things in our midst. Even in the midst of sickness and illness and some going on to heaven, which is great for them, and we miss them, but it has been such a great year. Does that mean this next year we just look back on this? Oh, what a great year we had. We can look forward to the great things that God will do for us in this coming year. And what a good word, one word to sum up our, our focus and our attitude going into the new year to be resolved. Well, let's go ahead and go. And God bless you all, and we'll see you again on New Year's Eve. Bubba Mills, would you close our Bible study in a word of prayer?